0: everyone. Over the last couple weeks, I've been sharing with you really about the practical parts of Christmas. And so we've been talking about what it means to seek the Lord and even about what it means to have peace and joy in our life. And I want to pick up on that, um, you know, because I believe it's so important is that even part of the Christmas season is that we hear words and terms many times, but men they really have some practical implications. And so, um, you know, in week one of the series uh, that we've entitled Christmas at Life United, I really encourage you to seek the Lord, kind of playing off of the wise men, and that the Bible says that they sought after Jesus, they went on a long journey to find Him, and uh, and so the good news for us is, and really my challenge to you, is that to seek the Lord, and the Bible promises us that when we seek the Lord with our whole hearts, in other words, with pure motives, it, God promised that we would find Him, and that comes out of Jeremiah 29, 13, you know, and so even as we... Really what happens when we begin to find God, when we really begin to know Him, when I say find Him, I mean know Him, uh, and really get into a relationship with Him, what happens is that we can actually have absolute peace. It doesn't mean that we never get troubled. It doesn't mean that things never go wrong, but we can actually live in a place and from a place of real peace that would impact our everyday life. I mean, just think about that. If you lived every day, moment to moment, in absolute peace, you know, and we're human beings. We all fail. We all have failings. We all have um, times that we're troubled in our minds, right? And so we don't always live there. But just because we may not do it on a regular basis, doesn't mean that it's not available to us more than what we currently have. And so, man, I believe the promise of peace, and, and you know, and even the angels—we've talked about this over the last couple weeks—is that they declared that there would be peace on earth because there was a, a that when Jesus came, He came to make peace between God and us. And, and so the Bible tells us He paid the Price for our sins, and he brought us back into relationship with God, gave us the avenue, the way in which we could be in relationship with God. And, And so we can actually find ourselves living in peace. And I believe that when we get, when we really get peace settled in our heart, that we can actually begin to experience real joy. Because we know ultimately that, hey, God has got this. God has got this situation. God's got this circumstance. Whatever's weighing on me is that God is in control and I can trust him. I don't have to always like everything that I experience. And there's definitely times that I don't like that th- those things. But it doesn't mean that it has to change my peace. Now, and when I'm talking about peace, I don't mean external. We've been talking about this over the last couple of weeks. I'm talking about an internal peace, like a, a peace the Bible talks about. And we're going to look at a verse here in a minute that talks about the peace that passes all understanding. In other words, it's going to go beyond anything that your mind can comprehend. And, and so, you know, but this is where we can live. And I know that in, for all of us, this is true, is that the days in which we live, our lives, our daily lives, there's so many things that are competing to consume us, to consume our thoughts, to, you know, and to try to um, get access and get our attention. And, and so it's really important that we focus and that we keep our focus where it needs to be. And so there's so many concerns and. Uh, you know, so many what ifs and so much uncertainty in which the days that we live. And if we're not careful, we'll actually give into that and it will begin uh, to seep into our soul. It actually moves from just thoughts and it actually seeps into our, our really our, our our soul, which is our, our mind, our will, our emotions. And we can be dominated by those things if we're not careful. And so we want to be aware. And so, you know, it, what really begins to happen when things begin to seep into our soul is that we begin to meditate or to ponder or to consider them way too much. And really this idea and really what happens is that this um, this sense of negativity will set into our soul. And it becomes the lens or the glass in which I look through everything at. And so it really kind of, you know, have you ever seen like rose-colored glasses? And so everything you look at kind of has that pinkish tint to it, Right. Well, if we're not careful, just we can be watching the news, we can be reading things, we can be influenced by all kinds of negative influences, and when it gets into our soul, it affects the way we see everything, everyone, every relationship, and so everything that we look at is actually kind of skewed a little bit. And, and But when we have peace, it actually gets clear, is that we look at everything through the lens of what it looks like to trust God and what He wants to do in our life, and so, you know, And the reality is this, is that in all of our stressing and all of our worrying, how much have you ever actually changed any situation by that? Just by your worry, by your stress, by just thinking about a problem a little bit more, did it actually make the problem any better? If we're honest, at best, it changed it very little. At best. But what it does change is it changes us on the inside a lot. And so my challenge to you, my my encouragement to you today, and really even as we're stepping into this new year, is to really make it a priority to not forfeit your peace and to not forfeit your joy. Is to really make that a goal and an aim of this new year. Is it to not be moved by everything that we see, everything that we're influenced by, In Matthew chapter 6, verse 27, Jesus is talking and he kind of challenges us with a question which is similar to what I just uh, asked you. And he says this, Who of you by worrying can add one hour of length to your life? Science actually tells us that stress and worry and anxiety have the reverse effect. They don't actually add any value to your life. They don't add any length of, of life to you, but they actually do take life from you. That it can actually shorten your life. It doesn't extend it at all. The, mas- the message translation says it this way. Has anyone, by fussing in front of the mirror, ever gotten taller by so much of a so much of or so much by of an inch. And so think about that. If you wanted if you ever had that thought, I wish I was just a little bit taller and Jesus here, the messenger, and I love the way they said, is that when you stand in front of a mirror, all of your wishing and wanting, does it actually make you any taller? Well, of course, the answer is no. And and so we have to be mindful of this. And this comes out of Matthew 6, and Jesus has given us all kinds of examples here. He talks about the birds of the air and the lilies of the valley. And he's saying, hey, why are you so worried about all of these things? God takes care of them. He's going to take care of you. And in verse 31 of Matthew 6, Jesus continuing speaking. I'm going to read this from the message um, translation of the Bible. Well, it's actually a paraphrase, not a translation. So it's just someone who took the Bible and kind of reworded it. But uh, so it says here in verse 31, though, it says, What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. Some of you need to relax. Man, you have so much pressure and there's so much anxiety. And Jesus here is saying, relax. I'm trying to get you to just take a deep breath, calm down, relax a little bit. And he goes on, he says... To not be so preoccupied with getting things. Don't be so worried about this life because when you're so worried about it, you're preoccupied by it. He says, so that you can respond to God's giving. In other words, God has blessings in mind for you. God has good things in mind for you. But when you're so preoccupied with you trying to get it and you trying to make it happen and worrying and stressing about it, he says, hey, you're missing it. He goes on and he says that people who don't know God and the way that God works fuss over these things. He says, but you both know God and know how He works. He says, steep your life. In other words, root your life, ground your life in God reality, God initiative, and God provisions. God is a good father, and just as these, this passage in this really this chapter talks about is look at the birds of the air. Do they work? Do they worry? Do they stress? No, why? Because they know that God would take care of them. It goes on and it says, don't worry about missing out. You'll find that your everyday human concerns will be met. He goes on and he tells us, he says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Don't worry about the past. Don't worry about the future. Worry about what's right here in front of you. In other words, focus. Calm down, relax, and get focused. So he says, get your attention on what God is doing right now. Don't get on worked up. What may or may not happen tomorrow, God will help help you deal with whatever hard things um, when it comes time. You know, this past weekend I shared with you the verse out of Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 and and I want to read it to you again. I want to remind you because this is such a challenging verse, I believe, for all of us but if the Bible tells us to do it that tells me that it's possible. I believe that the Bible is true and so anytime the Bible gives us instructions is that there's actually a blessing when we obey the Word of God and in Philippians it tells us, it's he says, do not be anxious about anything. Anything. I mean, can you imagine? Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation. So he says, don't be worried about anything, but in every situation. He says, be saturated in prayer throughout the day. He says, offering your faith filled request. That's so important. God won't answer your complaints. God won't answer your anxiety, but God will answer your faith-filled prayers, your faith-filled request. And it says before, so we're to bring these requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Say, so, well, how can I be thankful? Begin to think about and meditate what God has done, and be thankful for what He has done, and then what He will do. And, you know, and so it goes on here. And I love this part as it says, "Tell Him every detail of your life." Why would the Scriptures tell us that? Because He loves us, because He's concerned for us. And it says, tell Him every detail of your life. In other words, cast all those cares. We talked about this last week, upon the Lord. Why? Because He cares for you. First Peter tells us this. In verse 7 of Philippians chapter 4, it says, when you do this, when you cast your care, when you uh, begin to pray and and give those faith-filled requests to God, it says, then you will experience God's peace. Peace, like real peace, and it says which exceeds anything that you can understand. It says his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Jesus. You know, over the last couple of weeks I've challenged you in three areas. I've already shared it with you, but I'm gonna repeat it again. I challenge you to seek the Lord in a new way. Out of a out of a pure heart. Because when you seek the Lord, you will find Him. And when you find the Lord, He will bring peace and He will bring joy. But I believe that there are actually steps that you have to do. Uh, you know, I mean, we seek God first. We find God. Then peace comes. And I believe that when peace comes, that we can actually get to joy. And so this is what, this is the way I would say this. is: I believe that it's possible to live in peace, like abundant peace, but not really have joy in your heart. Because peace and joy are not the same things. And joy is not just happiness or or giddiness or just something that makes you laugh. That's an attribute of joy. But really living in joy, I believe that we can have the peace of God but never actually move beyond just living in peace to really living a fulfilled, joyful life. Like this life that's full of of joy that comes from the Lord. But I believe that we we have to have peace first. But I don't think, so I, I do believe that we can have peace but not have joy. But I don't believe that we can have real joy until we have peace first is that the first thing that we're to do is to seek the Lord, to establish what He desires to do in our life, which first and foremost is to bring peace into your life. And then out of that, I believe that real joy will flow out of peace. I believe, you know, I'll just give you an example. If your soul, if your mind, if your thoughts are worried all the time, and I'd say it this way, if your mind's not settled, it's going to be really hard to have joy. But if you can get your soul to settle down and just say, God, I trust you. I don't have to like everything. I don't have to be okay with everything. But God, I trust you that that would actually give way for real joy to come into your life. You know, I've shared with you every week, uh, I believe, this verse out of John fourteen twenty seven is it where Jesus says that the peace that I give you, the world cannot give you. And this is important to say, well, man, why is that so important? Because he is the source of peace. He's the prince of peace. I've shared this with you. And I believe that this is so important for us to realize is that the world, this world system, everything that we have, no amount of money is going to give you peace. No amount of relationships is going to give you inner peace, like real calm in your soul. And Jesus here says, look, I'm going to give you peace as a gift. It's the very same peace that I walk in. And it's so important that we live this way. And so now I want to share with you another verse about both of these, about peace and joy, and what I believe it will produce. And this is really kind of the main idea that I wanted to share with you today. It's actually a prayer that we read in the book of Romans. It's Romans uh, chapter 15 and verse 13. And it says this. It says, I pray that God, the source, the source of hope... What is hope? Hope is a confident expectation of good. Fear is a confident expectation that some bad's going to happen, but hope is the opposite of that. Hope says, man, something good is going to happen. Go read Jeremiah 29:11. I know the plans I have for you says the Lord, to give you what a hope and a future and a good expected end. And so it's so important. And he says here that God is the source, the the origin of all hope. And the scriptures keep going and he says, so I pray that God, the source of all hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Why would God fill you or how does God fill you with joy and peace? Because you trust Him, because you look to Him. Because you, that word trust really means to lean upon or to kind of just uh, put all of your, your your trust into the Lord. That's really what it means is that I'm just going to lean in Him. I mean, I don't know if you've ever done one of those trust fall things where you kind of have to have your back to people and you have to fall back and just hope they catch you, you know. Uh, but here it says that when we when we fully trust the Lord, that He would completely fill us with joy and peace. It says, and then it goes on here in this scripture. It says, then you will overflow with confident hope. You know, you can have hope that's just a wish. It's just a hope and a prayer. Maybe this will happen, maybe... But the Bible says that when we get full of joy and peace... That it actually gives us confident hope. That, no, I know the one in which I have believed. I know what God has done. And I know that God will do. And if God did it for somebody else, God will do it for me. And it gives us that confident hope. And it goes on here and it says that we have this confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know that when Jesus was resurrected and went to heaven, he did not leave us alone. The Bible actually tells us that he was going to send the Holy Spirit. He says, when I am exalted, when I am lifted up, he says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who is just like me to be your helper, to come alongside of you. And so we have this hope, and the Bible tells us that it's the Holy Spirit who actually gives us this confident hope. And so, you know, one of the thoughts that I want you to know is that with joy, you actually take life on. Like when you have real joy in your heart, you don't, you're, you're playing offense. You're not playing defense. You're not sitting back just waiting saying, Oh, I hope nothing happens. Man, when I have joy, it gives me confidence. It gives me strength. The Bible tells us this is that the joy of the Lord, Nehemiah 6, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so when I have joy, I'm taking life on. I'm not waiting for life to happen to me. I'm looking to happen to life. But without joy, life is going to take you out. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be challenging. And so with joy, man, I lean into life. I'm ready to go. I've got joy and and faith full in my heart. But when I don't have joy in my life, I'm going to get taken out. It's just a matter of time. And, And so really what happens, and so you say, well, man, how do I live from this place of joy? I believe that joy is won or lost by where we keep our focus. I think that's so important is that we have to focus. We have to be mindful of where we are and who we are and where we're going and where God is leading us to. And it's way less is that joy is actually way less about what we feel. Joy is not a feeling. It's a presence. It's the presence of God on the inside of us. It's that confident hope. And so I'll say it again is that joy is won or lost by where we keep our focus. Where and what do you choose to look at? What do you focus on? Where do you, where does your mind go? Is it to the cares of this life or is it looking to a, a heavenly father who loves you, who cares about you? Because feelings will lie to you. They will. But when man, when we, when we have this idea and really this understanding of trusting the Lord, man, real joy, lasting joy, regardless of circumstances, will rise up on the inside of us. And so I want to spend just these next couple of moments with you. And I just want to challenge you in a couple things. I mean, I know that this is, we're kind of wrapping up 2021. We're right here at the end of the year. But I want to help kind of maybe spur some thoughts in you concerning 2022. And so I'm going to use this word that I would encourage you to do over this next week. You've got this last week of the year, really, to really think about some things. And, you know, in Psalms, they use the word salah, like they'd make a statement. And that word salah simply means to, hey, consider it, to pause, to think about these things. But I want to give you another word reflection. Like, what do you think about and what stands out to you? from this past year, when you kind of take a moment, and and maybe today or sometime this week, just take some inventory, reflect upon this last year, and say, man, did I accomplish what I wanted to? They could be natural things. They could be relational things. They could be spiritual things. But are you ending the year where you wanted to? Because... I believe that if we take some time to consider these things, I believe it can help set us up for this new year that we're stepping into. And so there's lots of things. So, you know, even there may be areas of steps of faith that you wanted to take. Maybe there was some things that you felt like the Lord put in your heart. Maybe last year, at the beginning of the year, we were doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, I will tell you this. Don't let your reflection turn into despair. Don't let maybe something that you didn't quite achieve bother you. Just say, you know what, stepping into this this new year, I'm going to finish what I started. I may not have got it done in this calendar year, but that's okay. I made progress. So don't get so focused on the finish line that you forget where you started. Keep making that progress and keep moving forward. And so let me give you some specific things that I would encourage you. Maybe jot these down and to consider these things. even as we're, and these, Because these affect our joy. They affect our peace. Most of the times, it's our relationships in life that make the difference. Most of the time. And, and so let me ask you some questions. What relationships added value to you this year? What relationships added value? Which relationships from you this year, which, which ones took your joy, which ones took your peace, which ones brought joy into your life, and, and so, you know, even as we are looking into this new year, I would just encourage you to consider your life, consider your ways the Bible talks about, consider your goals, consider your desires, what, uh, maybe even what adjustments do you need to make to accomplish them in this year. You know, I mean, the first of the year is a great time, and many people do this, is they kind of reassess their life, and they set new goals. And, but I would encourage you, don't just set natural goals. Is that we are natural, we have a, a physical existence, but we are spirit people. We're a spirit long before we're a body. And so I would just encourage you, what, what would you do... To accomplish those goals. It may be, let me just, like, here's another question for you, if you will. What disciplines do you need to establish to reach those goals? What do you need to do? Because there may be some things that you need to stop doing. You might need to turn the TV off. You might need to get off the social media, get off the computer, quit doing certain things, and really carve out some time, set some disciplines in place. And they could be natural things. They can be spiritual things. But what disciplines do you take and so once you've assessed your relationships and even yourself if you will here's some other questions like if you have relationships that really added value and added life and brought joy into your life I would encourage you make it a point to invest in those relationships this year don't just kind of whatever happens whatever will be will be like I mean really say this relationship I want to cultivate this relationship I want to I build this relationship there may be some relationships that you look at and say, man, in this last year, they actually kind of held me back. They actually kept me from doing what I really felt like was in my heart to do. Those may be relationships that you need to distance yourself from. You know, maybe it's time for some new relationships. Maybe you're looking around going, man, I don't see any relationships that have added value. Well, that's a key that says, hey, you need to create and look for new opportunities. And I would encourage you, just as I said, don't worry about not having the right friends. Pray. Pray. Ask the Lord and say, God, I don't have the people in my life to challenge me, to help me to grow. Send me the right people. You know, I believe that when God wants to bless you, He'll send a person into your life. But on the flip side of that, I also believe that our enemy, the devil, when he wants to destroy us, will send a person into our life. Is that God uses people to bless us, and the enemy will use people to destroy things in our life. And, And so really the question becomes... When somebody enters our life, I believe we can ask ourselves this question. And you're actually hardwired to ask this. You already ask yourself this without even being aware. Is, it, is this a friend or is this a foe? Is this somebody that's going to bless my life? Or is this somebody that's going to bring harm into my life? And we ask that question. I mean, we're analyzing and assessing people, measuring people up all the time. We do this subconsciously. But I believe that it takes the Holy Spirit giving us discernment. To be able to figure out why this person has come into my life. And that's where we need the help of the Holy Spirit. To help us to discern, hey, these relationships, are they helping me be better? Are they a blessing to my life? Or are they here to, to be used by the enemy to wreak havoc in my life? And it's not about the people. It's not necessarily, I mean, there are people with evil intentions. But people aren't so much just good and bad, but are they good for me? Are they bad for me? It doesn't, it's not about them. So it's not an indictment about this is a good person or a bad person. It's the influence that they have on me. Is this a good thing for me? Is this a person who's helping me grow in my faith, develop my relationship with God? Or is this a person who's going to hold me back? And so having said all of that, I want to bring you back to this verse. It's Romans 15, 13. Because this is my prayer for you today. This is my prayer for you moving into this new year that you would really experience what this verse talks about. And here's what it says. I'm going to remind you. We've already looked at it. But it says that the God, the source of all hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's make this decision right now. In this new year, choose peace and joy. Choose it. Just make the determination. You know what? I refuse to give in to other things. So no matter what happens, no matter what comes, I choose peace over anxiety. I refuse to give in to worry. I I refuse to allow that to rob me of my peace, to rob me of my joy. And so we choose peace over anxiety, and let's choose joy over despair. Don't worry, don't fret, don't let things seep into your soul. No, choose that, man, I'm going to focus on the right things. And let me just, let me share this one thought with you before I wrap up today. Is that you can have all the joy and the peace that you want. Because you can have all the Jesus that you want. When we focus on Him, He brings joy and He brings peace. He brings security into our life. And just as as we looked at earlier, is that the peace that Jesus gives, the world cannot give you. The joy that Jesus gives, the world cannot give you. Why? Because He is the source of peace. He is the source of joy. And so this morning, I don't know where you're tuning in from, and I'm so glad that you've tuned in today. But you may not be in relationship with God. You may not. You may have had a relationship with the Lord, but it, it's just uh, not what it, where it should be. And we would love. It would be our honor to help you start taking some next steps. You know, in just two short weeks, we're going to be kicking off into 21 days of prayer and fasting and that's going to help you set up your year, I believe, for success, is that you're going to seek the Lord. You're going to be asking the Lord, hey, give me direction. Give me understanding. What do you want from my life in this year? What should I be focusing on that you would bless? Because it's not just important to live life. I want to live a life that God says, man, I can bless his life. And so that's what we want to do. And so, man, we're going to have devotionals and online content and all kinds of things to help set up your year. So that you can begin to really develop that relationship, that closeness with the Lord. And it's by His Spirit, the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And so look, it's real simple to be in relationship with Jesus. You just have to surrender. You have to say, you know what, I trust you. I mean, the word surrender kind of sounds heavy a little bit. But let me say it this way, is that really living for the Lord is about trusting Him. It's saying, God, I trust that you're in control. I don't have to take the reins. I don't have to take control. I trust you. And if anything changes, you're going to tell me what I need to know. And I trust you. And I would encourage you, man, if that's you today, you say, man, I would love to take my next step. There's actually a link in the description of this video that says connect. You can go in there and say, man, I would like to, to find out more. I'd like to make a commitment to the Lord. I'd like to rededicate my life. You fill that out, we're going to get you some information. We're going to help you take your next steps into what God has for you. So, man, I just want to say thank you so much. We love you. We're so thankful that you joined us today Um, just to let me share with you this day after Christmas, man. We just, we're so excited uh, for this season. But also, man, we have great expectation about what God's going to do in this new year, in your life, and through our church. We've got some great things ahead for us. So, hey, have a great time spending time with your family. And uh, we will see you again soon.